0: Welcome back to Aaron and Ryan. Go to the movies. As always, it is Ryan, once again, joined by Aaron.
1: A.K.A. GoSucks. Hello, Internet World.
0: Hello. Um, (coughs) We're continuing our MCU rewatch this week. We're now into Captain America, the first Avenger. The movie before the big team-up that would never work because it's too big of a movie. Um, But this week we got a very small budget World War II action movie to cover uh in Captain America. Um, what were your first impressions on rewatching this movie? How long had it been for you? And what were your impressions? So
1: I what's funny was when Winter Soldier first came out, I watched it. Um I watched the first Avenger, so I mean that was I mean, it was a while ago, but um it's when it's when it's been on TV and there's nothing else to watch, um, I'll watch it. So I don't I, I actually like the first Avenger. Um, my first impressions were re watching it was I think it's still a good movie. Um, I like it in terms of like where it fits in the MCU. Um, overall, it's like the perfect Captain America movie in my opinion. Even if they were to remake them, I don't, I don't think it's going to be as good as this one. I, I really did like it though. Uh, fun fact: When I first saw it, though, I didn't see it in theaters. Um, I was. I had food poisoning and I was at my grandma's and it was on FX and so I, that's how I watched it for the first time. Uh, it was like Halloween of 2012.
0: What um, the I didn't heck? Really,
1: yeah, I didn't really see many movies in theaters like between the years of like... 2010 to about 13 and then yeah. I went through this weird phase where I just saw a bunch of movies in theaters with my friends uh for free because we got tickets somehow on like some movie website where it was like legit like it was called gofobo or something like that so we saw a lot of movies that way um but this movie I saw on the couch sick, and I loved it when I first saw it. I was like, how did I not see this in theaters uh, but it, it still holds up in terms of like being a quality mcu movie um and it's a good movie and I like it
0: yeah, I, I, I really enjoy I really enjoy this movie. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I did. Um back in like the day when it came out, like I feel like the Russos expanded so much in Winter Soldier on what a Captain America movie could be that yeah. that this kind of feels a little flat now. But I feel like Joe Johnson did a fantastic job with this movie. Um he he knocked it out of the park, of course. I said this before, we went live, and I'll say it again. He directed one of my favorite movies of all time, which is October Sky, which we will probably cover at some point. Um, the other thing that struck out to me is how loaded this cast was.
1: Yeah, it has uh, the girl, uh, let's start with Chris Evans, who, who, he was a big name. No, we'll, we'll, do, we'll, like... do,
0: we'll do Chris Evans last for this. Okay, uh,
1: I mean, first one is... Uh, Hugo Weaving was... is Red Skull. Yeah, he was great. He, he was amazing. I like yeah. Red Skull. As, I mean, obviously... it. it I mean, the thing is... Obviously, Captain America's first villain was going to be Red Skull, and I think Hugo... he, he uh, can't even talk. Well, Hugo, we even knocked it out of the park.
0: The only time period he works in is World War II, so if you're only going to do one yes. movie in the past, it, it has to be Red Skull. Um, Toby Jones playing Arnim Zola in, like, a bit part, really. Um. That was huge. Um, Sebastian Stan, who actually auditioned for Captain America, getting Bucky Barnes. He was great. Um, Tommy Lee Jones. (laughs) In this movie. uh... Um, Colonel, uh, what's his name? I can't ever remember his name. Um, Dominic Cooper playing Howard Stark in a cameo role. Stanley Tucci gets killed off like 30 minutes into this movie, and he's in this movie. Uh, Neil McDonough playing Dum Dum Duggan.
1: Like, who's a part of that little crew he's on it's funny
0: the howling commandos yeah yeah Um. so I said I wanted to do uh, Chris Evans last because there was a huge acting controversy when they hired Chris Evans why does he get to play another hero he's the human torch from the Fantastic Four movies he didn't do a good job in those movies why is he getting another chance at this and um fun fact he actually turned down kevin feige three times before taking this role
1: i feel like he <clears throat> needed it after how bad those movies were i mean he did cool but like in terms of just those yeah. movies were bombs man like straight bombs they actually and actually made like... money
0: that's the scary part anyway um He
1: needed this, though, he and I did, think he knew did. what he was getting. I think he knew what he was getting. So
0: it was actually Robert Downey Jr. who found out that Chris Evans passed on the role who called him and said, Chris, if you do four or five Marvel movies, you will get whatever part you want in whatever movie you want for the rest of your life. Do it.
1: Which looks like it's true.
0: <laughs> Which it is true. Um, yeah, it was... Um, Loaded cast. Uh, oh, the, the one thing I forgot was yo, Richard Armitage has a bit part in this movie. As a uh, Hydra spy in the beginning. He did that before. Yeah, it, he did that. He filmed this before The Hobbit.
1: Isn't he? He's not the dude who what's it called, right? Um, who He played Thorne that, in The Hobbit. No, I know, but I'm saying, like, in this movie, that wasn't the dude who, what's it called, right?
0: That's the guy who killed uh, Dr. Erskine.
1: Yeah, that's right, okay. Yeah. And then he takes that packet, right?
0: Yeah, that, that cyanide.
1: Oh, yeah, cyanide, there we go, I couldn't think. Side note, whats his name is in this movie, too, from Harry Potter, um, Mr. Filch, who plays the Tower Keeper.
0: Yeah, at the beginning. David Bradley, yeah. In the and then, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then what's-his-name is in this, too, as, even though it literally goes on a war, uh, what's-his-name, J.J.? something he is a union jack
0: oh yeah that's right which which
1: never which never even comes up like ever again then don't forget natalie dormer who is from game of thrones uh she's in it Um, yeah in
0: another bit part before that was by the way before she was cast in game of thrones
1: oh yeah i think no but well, most people notice her from uh game of thrones but like before that's the
0: nutty part um the reason I wanted to bring Chris Evans up now the last time we're going to this is this movie got saved by one thing, which was, and I don't think I I I will say this: the writers' strike delaying this movie two years is the best thing to happen to this movie.
1: Oh, that's right. There was a strike going on when this first like was going to happen, wasn't? It? I remember now. It was yeah. like a Hollywood strike, right?
0: Yep. Uh, By the way, the only holdover from the Paramount days of this project was Joe Johnson, the director. He was hired in 2006 to direct this movie and stayed on the project. Um, Yeah, so their original idea and the original script for this movie and why Judge Johnson rewrote it and why Joss Whedon, as a terrible person as he is, rewrote it and made it better was originally it was supposed to be Ryan Felipe or John Krasinski. As Captain? As Captain America, and it was going to be like a wise it was going to be the more wise cracking 40s and 50s version of Captain America, which really? I don't think would have worked.
1: No, it wouldn't have been good I feel like
0: I feel I feel like the writer strike because Krasinski and Felipe both left the project because of that or were no longer interested in the role because of that and they ended up hiring Chris Evans. I think it kind of saved the movie because they're like, yeah, we have this really serious actor somebody who's transitioned into really serious acting. Um, you know, after not another teen movie and everything, he's kind of gotten serious about <laughs> his career. Yeah. Um, it needs to be more serious, and they kind of went back and rewrote it and added more connections to Avengers and that kind of thing and made it. Also, fun fact, because we will I I have a I have a bit I want to do now in this rewatch. This is the first Namor watch of the MCU. You said Namor? Namor, the submariner, was rumored From, uh... was rumored to be in this movie.
1: That's like he teams up with Fantastic Four, right? Yeah, he's part of the Invaders. That's right. I don't remember that. Um, you no, know I was gonna say. Oh, another thing! Shout out to Fresno in this movie because uh, they say I'm from Fresno uh, Ace. I'm from Fresno. Shout out to Fresno because if you didn't know, I'm that, from Fresno that, as that, well.
0: That actor, <laughs> that actor playing his own, uh, playing his own grandfather in the MCU. <laughs> he actually—they've actually confirmed it. He plays his own That's grandfather. Cool. He also plays Peter Parker's principal.
1: That's funny. Yeah, he has a so photo of Ali Commandos
0: in his office, which is great.
1: It's pretty cool. I know. Um, but yeah, this is let's uh, dive into it. Plot-wise, I mean, like we both said, Caps. Like you said, Caps' main focus was World War II in the comic books, like in the Golden Age. And um, I mean, in the comics, they kind of do. Obviously, Red Skull is his main villain, but then there's like a comic book. Isn't there one issue where he's like punching Hitler in the face, which I think is pretty funny? Yeah.
0: Um, which they but actually think... recreate. They actually recreate the cover of that comic in the montage of him doing all the War Bond things.
1: Yeah. Well, and what's is funny crazy.
0: is. It's that attention to detail that makes me love this movie.
1: And what's funny is, like, I, I didn't expect it to be anybody else but you know red skull so we kind of knew what we were getting which was pretty fun and the thing is though you know how like in iron man 1 and 2 you didn't know what they were going to do for villains wise
0: yeah like there was a little bit more mystery to it but like or yeah, this one like, i was okay red with skull. it yeah um i i also like the twist to this movie too a little bit um in terms of red skull origin movie because normally it's the nazis trying to replicate the super soldier serum after Captain America creates Red Skull, this time Red Skull is the failed first attempt at it,
1: and then you know the Americans perfected it, or not perfected, but made it with 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 Captain America.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Which I think is cool, and and it's a little bit adds, you know, not the plot, but I I feel like it's just the The plot we see in it is just a perfect first. Um, can't even think. You know, yeah. origin story movie, and it's just a really good plot story. And I think it's kind of. I mean, it. If it wasn't for uh, If it wasn't for the Winter Soldier being so good, um, I really think First Avenger would be up there in terms of, like my favorite, one of my favorite Marvel right, movies.
0: Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> um. The other thing I really like with this movie is. And this is something the MCU does very, very well, although they've gotten away from it in recent memory, where they actually set up the villain before we meet the hero. So the first, the opening scene is them uncovering Cap to start unthawing him. So now you know they're going back in time because they're like, this was made it wrong enough. But then they cut to Schmidt finding the Tesseract in Norway, which we kind of talked about a little bit. Um, And then it goes to Steve Rogers. So we have the establishment of the conflict before we have the establishment of the hero. And so you know that this is happening in the background to create the conflict. And I think it makes a more cohesive movie when you actually set up your villain first.
1: Yeah, which I like that they did that. And um, I think it's just a good way to set things up. Um, I like when they do that first. I like when we see who the villain is rather than um, get away from it to where like the villain's like in the middle of the movie. But I do like what they did with this, and like you said, they did get away from it a couple times. Um, I mean the last time I can think of where you didn't really know who the villain was or who you thought the villain was, and it was like a twist thing, was I think Captain Marvel, which I think they did well. Um, I think the best but,
0: twist in them, you think they're setting up the villain at the start of the movie, and there's a twist coming in recently, though, is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2.
1: Yeah, that's true. Is that
0: entire, the entire, the entire premise and um, advertising around that movie had the Sovereign being the villains?
1: Which was, yeah, and, and uh, which is crazy because yeah. it ends up not, spo- I mean, you can't really say spoiler alert, it's no. been out forever. Four years um, now, Four remember- years now? uh four i think yeah it didn't come about- out the same year no it didn't come out the same year as uh, Apocalypse. apocalypse no. today no
0: it came out 2017
1: um yeah no this, one saw that
0: yeah this movie <coughs> this movie does something really really well which is the montage too which is kind of a lost art in modern movies there's two or three in this movie and it work. they work really really well in showing the progression of time and the progression of the characters both in Steve Rogers getting annoyed and mad that he's being used to sell war bonds rather than on the front lines and then showing him becoming Captain America and going into that role later with the Howling Commandos capturing all the Hydra bases. Right? Yeah. So it's used to bookend Captain America's story and really tell a long period of time because it's basically a year each to show the passage of time. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think they
1: do well in this and it works. And like you said, they did the montage of him, you know, with the war bonds, and that was a cool scene. Um, and it was just a cool overall added bonus that we got because if they would have not had that, I feel like the movie would have had a different tone to it. But, you know, since they did those added, um, scenes where they did the war bonds and then they did the whole, uh, him, you know, not wanting to do what he's doing with the, um, with just being used as like a commercial like basically like an ad boy um we see progression in his character and then we really see we get a glimpse of who he has a who he is as a leader and like as a person that that eventually we see in uh in the avengers where he's a part of a team you know yeah like leading the way and so which i think is good
0: yep um also the vibranium scene with agent carter is one of my favorite mcu scenes
1: Of all, like, MCU?
0: Yeah, when she pulls out the pistol and shoots the shield and goes, I think it works. (laughs) Because she's mad at him. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And Stark is just, like, staring at her. And he's like, I had some ideas about the costume. And he's still staring at her. Whatever you say, bud.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's just, I mean, it's, it's it's a good scene. And this movie has a lot of good scenes like that. But in terms of, like just a, a good movie in terms of uh, how Captain America is. Um, I think this, I think this would hold up in terms in 10 years later, I feel like it would still hold up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally.
1: <laughs> um, I'm trying uh, to think another good scene is just when he jumps out of the plane. I think that's a good one too. Where it's like, you see him take initiative, you see him, you know, want to be the leader that he is. And he just wants to, to lead the way. Um, and, I feel like you kind of see that in the beginning where he jumps on that grenade. Um
0: which I find really really funny because um Colonel Phillips, which is Tommy Lee's role, kind of um throws that grenade thinking, okay, the little scrawny kid's not going to be the one to jump on it. So I can be like, yeah, we're not picking him. And then he's uh-huh. the one that jumps on. It, he just looks over at the doctor like, "Crap." <laughs> <laughs> it's such a it's such a good scene. Also, the flagpole scene is fun, too. Nobody's gotten that flag in 15 years! And then he pulls the pin out and just grabs the flag and gets in without saying a word. It's so good. It's so good. Um... Yeah, uh, the, the Yeah. I can't remember what I, I... I lost my train of thought halfway through there.
1: Oh, no, you're good. You're good. And then it's just like... This movie, I'm glad it didn't do that. I'm glad it I'm glad it started the way it did, and it just goes back to, like, not a flashback, but, like, the whole movie takes place where it's back in how we see Captain America was made. Um, we get a real glimpse of him using his powers right away when they destroy that machine, and they... Uh,
0: he chases after him in New York.
1: Yeah, which is a really cool scene that you get to see.
0: I love how he tries to, like, run with his head down to go faster, because that's how he used to have to run, and then he realizes, like, I'm barely even jogging, and then just kicks it into second gear that's it's so good it's such a it's such a smart way to show his powers too early in this movie um the one thing that we knew was going to come because the com- of course the comic storyline had only been out for like 3 years at this point um was they teased um, the winter soldier in this movie which was I thought was interesting I don't know if you caught that this time around knowing what we know now after the fact
1: well it was the scene where it was during the the what's it called right
0: yeah when, he, when they when he finds Barnes mm-hmm. he says soldier 157 and 157 is part of the code that um Baron Zemo uses in yeah in, in uh... Civil War. Yeah. yeah, which and is, like, like, foreshadowing. Oh. I was like, <clears throat> I just, when I watched that scene back, I was like, oh. oh, 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 okay, so he's already the Winter Soldier at this point, um, yeah, um, so we kind of talked about the production, we kind of talked about, about the movie, um, in, in terms of the plot, before we get to the, the final cutscenes, um, but, uh, where does this rank in the three in the Captain America trilogy?
1: It's two for me. It's number two.
0: Really? What's below it?
1: Uh, Captain America, civil war, probably.
0: See, I, I, I could try and put this too, but I like, no, I, I, I will agree with you. I'll actually put it too. I, the more I think about civil war and I love civil war, I think it's a great Marvel movie. It's not the actual Civil War from the comic books, and so it kind of knocks it down a little bit for me.
1: Yeah, I'm and I am actually going to put this, and, put, like, put this ahead, third. Sorry,
0: I'm actually going to put this third. Never mind, I'm going to stick with my guns.
1: So you're so you're going to put a Winter Soldier, and then
0: Winter Soldier Civil War Civil First War. Avenger. Okay, because okay. this it's- is this is also the curse of. And I think when people look back 10 years from now and watch these the next generation of Marvel movies, this is where Captain Marvel is going to fit in too. When you know how it ends and what's coming next, it kind of takes the emotional punch out of the movie. Like, we already had the Avengers trailer, and New Cap was going to be in it, so they have to wake him up. He's going to go on ice, and they're going to find him. Like, this movie was blessed in being delayed but also cursed in being delayed because if it had come out in 2010 a year before it did you know we're not already having the Avengers we don't know that Chris Evans is going to come back obviously he signed a multi-picture deal so you think he's going to come back but you don't know when he's going to go on ice you don't know if it's going to be at the end of this movie you don't know if he's going to come back in Avengers like that's that's kind of the thing like the opening shot where they find him in the Arctic was originally supposed to be the end credit scene. And instead the end credit scene is an extended setup for the Avengers movie. Which the scene is also then in the Avengers movie, too.
1: Yeah, and and <clears throat> and everything you say you're hitting it on the head. I feel like this is one of the movies I'm gonna enjoy doing this podcast for because I mean I'm not gonna say like there's some movies where like I didn't like them. I'm rewatching them for the sake of the podcast. But there's some that just like like Thor was okay. Like I, I don't know how I feel about like I know Civil War is gonna Civil War was an okay movie to me. I know I'm gonna have fun with like the Winter Soldier because that one's one of my favorite ones. Black Panther's a good one. Guardians one is a good one. But this one ranks up there in rewatchability for me. Um, like if it's, a, <laughs> this it's is... a
0: fun World War II movie okay you you just said something that's going to send me on a tangent Do you want to finish? no go ahead um, this is the golden age of Marvel movies that I keep talking about and I think I brought it up one or two times on this podcast and it's something I hope they're getting back to this was the era when Kevin Feige and the directors and the writers working on these movies said it is a period or it is a genre first and then it is a superhero movie second. I agree. This is a World War II movie, first and foremost. It just also happens to be a superhero movie. And you see that with Thor being this journey of self-discovery movie. Same with Iron Man 1. Iron Man 2 kind of breaks the mold a little bit in kind of being a movie about self-destruction, kind of being more of a drama piece. Um in that kind of way. Um, But this was a World War II movie first, and I like watching World War II movies. They're fun movies to watch, usually. Um, I love older war movies, Bridge Over the River Kwai, which is not World War II, but close enough. Those type of movies. And this is on that same level to me in terms of rewatchability. So I agree with you. I just feel like I had to go a little bit further because there is a reason why. Because this is back when Marvel took risks. In terms of genres of their movie,
1: yeah, and and I can completely agree with you. Um, <clears throat> a lot of these movies, like Thor, like Iron Man One, like Captain America: The First Avenger, were not superhero movies first. They were they played backseat to to what their actual genre was, um, and I feel like we need to get back to that. I really do.
0: Yeah. Um you kind of saw a return to it and I think we talked about this during Iron Man 1. You saw a partial return to this form in Captain Marvel. Where yeah, it was really it a movie won't... it was really a sci-fi movie and a self-discovery movie at its core before it was a superhero movie.
1: And that's the thing though we don't have those types of genres where it's a self-discovery of themselves movie because I don't think they've done that. I mean yeah. the closest thing before Captain Marvel was was kind of with Guardians one where well I mean Guardians one and two because one you needed you had Star Lord trying to find out you know his place when he was captured by Yondu and like you know as a kid after his mom died and the second was 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 he really wanted to find his dad and you know be with him so I feel like a self discovery movie is if, if if first and foremost that's what Captain kind of is a self discovery movie Captain America the First Avenger because well, it's an
0: origin movie and all of them inherently are.
1: Yeah, but it's – they're getting away from that. Like I just – it's kind of like with some movies they're thrown into themselves already, and it's like they're a hero and whatnot. But I feel like they need to go back to this golden age, which I don't think we see do, which – I mean maybe we could get into phase four with having to introduce a whole new cast of characters, like in terms of superheroes rather than – you know, because obviously things um, yeah. happen in, in the movies, but – um, to say, we'll see it again, I don't where,
0: know. It, it, and you make a good point with Guardians of the Galaxy because James Gunn has actually come out and said straight up when he wrote the script with the co-writers that the idea was it was going to be a war film. It was going to be a Dirty Dozen movie. Like, that was the basis. Like, it was going to be this movie of this group of ragtag people put together who then have to do something good. And it, so it's the Dirty Dozen in space. It is a space epic ver- superhero version of the Dirty Dozen, but it's still something else at its core before it's a superhero movie.
1: Yeah. It's, and it's and
0: a, this definitely hits that.
1: Yeah. And and it's like a space cowboy movie. Right. So it's like, that's what you get with with Guardians 1. Right. And Guardians 1 was great, it was yeah. different. And the thing that I feel like Guardians I, 1 got away with.
0: Sorry. I just find it really, really funny and also ironic that Marvel has gotten more and more away from this formula, but everybody's favorite movies or the ones they rewatch the most or they say the ones, yeah, it's not the best movie, but I like it the most, are the movies that do that.
1: And and a thing that Guardians 1 gets away with that other movies don't really get away with it and don't really do is have an awesome soundtrack. Guard, the Guardians 1 soundtrack is one of my favorite soundtracks.
0: James, James Gunn has always written screenplays with um, songs in mind. Um, one of the other writers that's really famous for it is Edgar Wright really yeah they'll actually write the songs and the song cues into the screenplay and then if so they now... can't get it they have like backups um speaking of good thing you brought that up um he actually just released on Spotify on his Twitter account uh, Guardians of the Galaxy mixtape volume three
1: Ooh, which is uncut
0: which is cut songs from Guardians one and two. Ooh, we'll have to look into i that. know and so
1: so basically what you're saying is that the suicide squad is gonna have a really good soundtrack yes
0: it is but to be it's fair simple. suicide squad the first suicide squad movie had a good soundtrack oh, yeah, to it yeah it was yeah, just a bad right. movie oh man oh, we're, gonna yeah. have, we're gonna have to do dcu next aren't we
1: <laughs> that's fine well that's oh, our next thing but no, no oh, yeah no. i'm fine with that oh, i i, no. I enjoyed dcu as My long God. as it's like. <laughs> okay that one was bad but <laughs> no but yeah so i mean and guardians is just a great movie overall but i mean mm-hmm. <clears throat> in terms of first avenger going to like it's core the discovery movie which like you said yeah most most um uh, origin stories are that uh first avenger does really good in this and and i think it's just but a good movie
0: but what's interesting about this journey of self-discovery is it's not a mental change or a mindset change for the main character. It's a physicality change, which is an interesting twist on it because Steve stays the same person. And that's the great line that Stanley Tucci has is Dr. Erskine. When he says somebody who's weak and gets stronger, knows the value of strength. Someone who's already strong, will take it for granted. And I think that's, that's, that's kind of captain America's whole kind of character. Um, so, do you want to talk about the the post credit scene? Uh, go ahead. With him waking up in in two thousand and ten, whatever it is, yeah, two thousand eleven, um, in the hospital room, um, what what is what gives it away for you in ter- in that scene? In terms of that it's not what it thinks it is because it's very the, the whole scene is very unnerving and it's filmed very differently and i i love that about it like from the onset you know it's not the it's not the movie like it's not it's not the 1940s even though it's pretending to be there's three or four visual clues in that scene which is fascinating to me well, you can i'll
1: let you talk about it first so it seems like you have a lot more than me so the first
0: the first thing is is you can easily tell they film they film the first scene when he wakes up at a dutch angle so you can see out the window at an angle at a weird angle so you can tell it's a flat background behind the window mm-hmm. so okay. they give it away immediately which i kind of love um the second thing is the radio model is actually post-world War II. Mm-hmm. and baseball nerd in me the player who's up to bat for the yankees had left the yankees by 1945 huh. um that's funny. and third she doesn't have an accent oh okay or fourth she doesn't have an accent that's four things um so it's very very unnerving it's a very very unnerving scene because you know something's up but you don't know what even though they kind of told you at the beginning of the movie what was up um, yeah. But Rogers picks up on it immediately, and I love it. This game was in 1941. I was there. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> ah, you guys messed up. <laughs> but that whole scene—they shut down Times Square to film
1: that. <clears throat> That's crazy. Awesome. That's pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. And then obviously the post credit scene where Fury says we've got a worldwide threat. Are you ready? And throws him the paperwork for Avengers. pretty cool he punches a hole in a sandbag (laughs) that's the funniest that's the funniest part of that scene to me is the fact he has a stack of sandbags because he keeps breaking them it's hilarious yeah that's one of the first ones where they really didn't do a whole it has story in it but they didn't really do a whole ton of story in it too
1: I mean, the fight scenes were pretty good from what we got. I mean, I, I liked it overall. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, complain. Um, I really can't think of any knock I have for it.
0: I really can't think of anything negative about this movie other than it's not my favorite Captain America movie. Like, it's my least favorite of the trilogy. Um,
1: I mean, Civil War is my least favorite. I
0: really would have liked to see Red Skull come back in some form or fashion, though, at some point besides what we got that's like my one complaint
1: which is understandable because we don't spoiler don't see him for how many years later
0: yeah we find him in like, twenty twenty eighteen 2018 on vormir not even like not even a hint
1: at him or anything about to do with him in in in, in the series in the mcu and like you said until vormir in 2018 so there's when it come out twenty eleven, there's a that's a big gap between twenty eleven and twenty eighteen of, uh, of not having you know the Red Skull, who mm-hmm. in my opinion, is the biggest threat to Captain America in terms of villain wise, and it's yep. just a threat to the world, and not even to just Captain America, but just a threat to the world. You know, so I mean, it's got you're I agree with you on that. They could have, they could have and should have used him more, which yeah. I think would have been great. Yeah. But I mean. If they would have brought him back somehow, I mean, how would they have done it or what would they have done? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: All right, you ready ready to go through some trivia for this movie? Let's do it. Um uh Kevin Feige uh tried to cut a deal with Fox to let um Hugh Jackman have a cameo as Logan Hallett Wolverine in this movie. Where would he and have fit in that? He was gonna ask him to be in the Helen Commandos and he was gonna say no. Oh wow. Um which was awesome. But now we can actually get a Helen Commandos movie if they can write con some stuff. Um Yeah. Um Stanley Tucci only took the role because he has always practiced a German accent to be in a movie and he finally got to use it. That's hilarious. That's the only reason he took that. Also really good also really good at making Negronis, we found out on uh Instagram. <laughs> um Uh, Fun fact, Richard Armitage can't swim and has aquaphobia. So they only did two takes of the scene in the submarine.
1: That's hilarious.
0: Yep. Um, (laughs) This one is on the trivia sheet, but I knew it and I wanted to touch on it earlier. I forgot about it. There is a cameo from the original Marvel Comics character, which is the Human Torch. But not that Human Torch that you're thinking of. Which Human Torch? Um, it is the actual Human Torch, created by Timely Comics in October 1939. He is a red jumpsuit in a glass dome. He is part of the Invaders with Namor and Captain America. Oh wow! Yes, that's pretty cool. Uh huh. That is great. Um, oh, oh, the other the other thing I love about this movie. Is they brought in a um, hold up? I'll grab his name real quick. Um, it's under production here. Um, they brought in where does it say he is? They don't, I don't see it here. Oh, um, yeah, Daniel Simon, who did the vehicle design for uh, Tron Legacy and then Oblivion. Um, did the vehicle design and plane design in this movie, and all of them are based off of actual lost... um, For Hydra, are based off of lost Nazi concepts. High concepts. Yeah. The Nazis really were trying to build a bomber that looked like that, and they really were trying to build energy weapons. Um, And he based it off of what designs and stuff have survived. Which I thought added a lot of realism to... Hydra, because, of course, the idea of the MCU is that it's grounded in reality, and that kind of helps ground this ridiculousness of having an infinite energy source in this movie. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool.
0: Um, Also, the reason they put the names on the bombs on the plane is because of Dr. Strangelove and how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb.
1: That's pretty cool.
0: Yep. Um, Yeah, this movie has... um, It's interesting. It, it's, I know I have so much more to say about this movie, and I'm gonna regret ending it at any point. But um, it's, uh, it's really interesting in, in what they chose to put in in terms of character connections to set up things that we'll see and play off down the line too.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, the big the big one obviously is the um, art on the. One thing, and this is in trivia too, is um, the art hiding the wall art hiding the tesseract is actually the same world tree kind of design that Chris Evans drew on the paper, or Chris Hemsworth drew on the paper in Thor. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Um,
1: it's really cool.
0: Yeah. Oh, also, this is this is a really really interesting thing. Thanks, IMDb, for your trivia section. Um, The red dress Peggy wore. Mm-hmm. Was actually designed by Anna B. Shepard for use in Inglorious Bastards, and it was never used in the movie. And so they were filming in the same area and were like, hey, want a, fr- <laughs> want, a free d- want a free dress? Sure. That's funny. Yeah. There's a lot of really funny things like that.
1: That's pretty cool. I mean, like I said, this movie still holds up to date, I mean, in my opinion. Um, I mean, obviously, if, if Winter Soldier's on, I'm going to watch that one first. Uh, or yeah. take that one over that this one but I mean it's it's just a good movie and I'm glad the final product what we got is what we got because it's a great movie it tells a great story um the way they have the frame shot in terms of like the montage and all and the whole just where it takes place it, it just does well it's, and I like
0: it it's filmed so well and, yeah and, and I will always talk about this movie because it never got the credit it deserved um which was Aang Lee's The Hulk in 2004, the Eric Bana one. Uh-huh. He filmed it to and did still shot. When the camera doesn't move, it's framed like a comic. And Joe Johnson somehow found a way in this movie to film it like a comic frame, but make the camera dynamic in the scenes. Like when uh, the perfect example of this is when he's using the Tesseract gun on the... Uh, Nazi generals who come to check up on him and report him to Hitler, and he grabs the gun and it frames him with the gun barrel out of frame, like <laughs> pointing towards the audience, like it's a comic yeah. book f- panel, and then it, and then it's a dynamic movement as he blasts them. It's. It's, he's bringing comic book panels to life in a way I think the Russos have done really, really well, James Gunn has done really, really well, and Taika Waititi has done really well, and those, kind of, those directors have been the ones that do it successfully, and you see it done unsuccessfully in Thor The Dark World, um, which we'll be talking about in a couple weeks. Um, Joss Whedon tries to do it and does it well sometimes, and I'll try and find oh. examples for next week. Um, when I rewatch it, I'll make notes.
1: But next week again.
0: The Avengers. Okay. Yeah. Um one last Chris Evans note that I really, really like. This was the sixth comic book movie he was actually in.
1: He was in the first two Fantastics.
0: Yep, the first two Fantastic Can you name the other four?
1: I can't. That's why I'm stumped already.
0: Push, The Losers, TMNT two thousand and seven, and Scott Pilgrim versus the World.
1: Oh wow! Oh, that's yeah. right. It wasn't Scott Pilgrim. And by Scott, the way, that movie—that oh, right. movie
0: has so many MCU people in it.
1: Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Doesn't it also have? Uh... Oh no, I'm thinking of a different movie. Now. I'm but sorry. Brie
0: Larson. Back. Brie Larson knocks that performance out of the park. Um.
1: which is crazy like everyone was saying why is he getting another chance i mean he got another chance and guess what he knocked it out of the park he
0: did he did um also uh, another fun fact this was the last time a name brand marvel actor would make under a million dollars for a starring role that's nuts chris evans made, made almost minimum three hundred thousand dollars on this movie that's crazy yeah but it was a good movie Yep. Also, the the other thing I really love about this movie is, um, and we actually we talked about it last week when we were talking about Thor when they really shot a bunch of stuff on set. They really shot a bunch of stuff, and they really shot things on greens. They had digital backgrounds, but they shot physical foreground elements. Um, a really good example of it is the hangar, um, where they chase the plane near the end of the movie. Um, the obviously the backgrounds green screened, but they really built the physical floor of it and had crates and stuff that they could drive by, and that car was real. They really built that car on a truck chassis. It could really go that fast. That's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty cool, though. Joe Johnson tried to drive it off set, and they wouldn't let laugh. <laughs> him. He tried to steal it at the end of the movie. Oh my gosh. Which I love. Which I love. Uh, that is pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, apparently, um, Clay. Uh, speaking of actors stealing things off set, uh, Kate Blanchett stole Molnir off the set of Thor Ragnarok. Really? Yeah, When she de- the scene where she destroyed it when she had to grab it because she yeah. filmed it on green screen. She realized that was the last time they grabbed a Mjolnir proper, she thought, so she took it off set to save it in case Chris Hemsworth wanted it later. But he had already stolen two.
1: That's funny. Oh, my <laughs> God. Two of them?
0: Yeah, he has two of Mjolnir. I think they gave That's him crazy. one, and he didn't have the heart to tell him he stole another one. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. There's a th- we could do a whole episode on just people stealing things off the set of movies.
1: That'd be pretty fun.
0: Um, the best example is actually Ryan Reynolds because he's notorious for stealing things off sets of movies. So um, why were, am I not surprised? So they why were, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not surprised, surprised at all. Me. So they were watching him like a hawk on Deadpool, and That's he knew it nice. was happening. So you know what he did? He what? didn't got a he didn't got a costume and didn't take the suit off. What the hell were they going to make him do?
1: That's true. That's very funny.
0: Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I definitely think... Um... Oh, also, I think this is the... Uh... This is the first appearance in the MCU of Adam Silvestri. Is it? That's what I... That's Okay, yeah, I just read that in the music section. That's what I wanted to talk about. This is the first score done by Adam Silvestri in the MCU. He'll go on to do the Avengers. Um, he won't do Age of Ultron, um, but he'll come back for... Uh, winter soldier and then of course come back for infinity war and endgame
1: okay so that's the first you know hint we get out of him that's pretty cool yes
0: um also interesting of note here: the star-spangled man for the montage we were talking about mm-hmm. was wrote by written by famous uh disney collaborator um alan Mankin. really yeah
1: a lot of trivia i didn't know but little tidbits there's a huge
0: amount in this um yeah yeah that's
1: pretty cool though yeah i mean i mean they 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 do their their work yeah and it's pretty good and i'm pretty glad you know we get
0: adam silvestri has definitely done my favorite marvel soundtracks
1: now i mean they need to bring him back for more but well i mean we'll see what we can get you know
0: yeah We'll see what we can get. I mean,
1: but, but, I mean, this movie is just a great movie. It's it's very rewatchable. Like mm-hmm. I said, I like it. I enjoy it. Um, I mean, if there's nothing else on, I mean, if I think about it, you know, sometimes I, I really do I really do like this movie. It's a good movie. And I'm glad it, it, it was made the way it was um, because it is an overall very good movie. And I do like Chris Hemsworth being uh, – I can't even talk right now. Uh, Captain America, he fits it perfectly. And I yeah. think um, it's just it's just a great movie. We and I can't a, say enough about it.
0: We have a little uh, I have a little trivia knowledge that I'm gonna drop during Winter Soldier that's gonna blow some people's minds. Ooh, can't wait for that. Um I I don't know how many people know this. Um they knew they were gonna do the two part movies back in two thousand and thirteen with when Age of Ultron came out. They knew they were headed towards Infinity War and Endgame, and the writers who wrote those scripts had written the original outline and draft of those movies. Um, in conjunction with Winter Soldier and Civil War. So there are some nods to and payoffs to things that happen in Infinity War and Endgame in Winter Soldier, starting in Winter Soldier and through the rest of the MCU that we can talk about. Because to this point, we still have not heard mention of an Infinity Stone.
1: We have not. I mean, we know the Tesseract is one, but.
0: We do, retroactively. We did not know yeah, at this no, point.
1: Back then, yeah, back then, yeah.
0: Um. There, there is a hint. There is a hint to it in Thor that it's something bigger than it is at the end of it. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this is actually I think the last Infinity Stoneless uh, Marvel movie. Is it? I think they find out. I think they find out that it's the no. They don't find out it's a Mind Stone until Agent Ultron. Oh my God! We still have like two more movies. Holy hell! Thor: The Dark World is when I think they they find the Infinity Stone. That's a while. Yeah, that's a while. That's a while, wow. I thought they had started setting this... Okay, that just actually blew my mind a little bit. Like, I thought we had already figured out that there were Infinity Stones before Age of Ultron. We find out in Age of Ultron, but I thought it happened before then. I mean... I thought they had made hints to it
1: yeah but they it's not like one of those things where we can guess it I feel like
0: no yeah well we will at the end of Avengers we'll know what the story is but we'll talk about that at post credit scene next week with Avengers Ooh, is, which next, week be Aven- a is next week Avengers next said Avengers. It was. I think it's Avengers I need a double check holy mother of God it is, is Avengers. It? it is Avengers. And then it's Iron Man Three. See, I, I get the order of it wrong. I think it's Avengers Iron Man Three, Thor, Age of Ultron, and it's not. It's Iron Man Three, Thor the Dark World, Winter Soldier Guardians, and then Ultron. Okay. See, I think Ultr I think Ultron's way before way before that. So We get to talk about why Iron Man Three is criminally underrated in two a couple weeks, actually.
1: Better than two, I'll tell you that. Hey. Hey. I'm just saying. If okay, rank them right now. Let me hear you rank them right now. I ranked them last week. I wanna hear it again.
0: I have I have I have it one, three, two. But I don't but but when we when we're finished with the rewatch, we'll rank all of the MCU movies and I will have it way higher than people think it should be.
1: Probably same as well, but um, I just so so just to go back real quick. You have it for the Captain America. You have it one three two, correct? I mean two three one, correct?
0: Yes. <sighs> I don't
1: know. I probably have to rewatch Civil War, but well, I'm you will. Still, you
0: will in about a month and a half.
1: I'm still probably gonna have it two one three, to be probably, honest.
0: Probably, yeah.
1: As far it's, as I can it's think, it's a of. very
0: heavily superhero movie. That's kind of when things shifted to me. In age 3 of, yeah no yeah that's when the mcu shifted to me away from being genre movies that had superheroes in them to being superhero movies that might have a genre secondary genre i can't tell if the shift happened in ultron or civil war so we'll find out when we rewatch these movies <laughs> and
1: like ryan said there is a list if you want to go along with us yes uh, um, you'll post that in the link as well Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I post, I post, I post halfway through the week what we're watching for next week on Twitter. So stay tuned. It's at Ry Jones. And Um, then you're at Gosocks underscore. underscore. Yes. Um, I already have like two podcast Twitter accounts. I don't think I'm going to make one for this podcast yet, unless it gets popular. I
1: I feel like, yeah, I don't think it's
0: unless unless you guys start asking me to and or wanting T-shirts with our logo on it. Um, that would be pretty cool. That would be cool. I should make two. I should get two printed up for us.
1: Um, I need to send you a, a new sticker for what I have. So I got ooh, a new
0: sticker. Oh, I've
1: sent you an old one too. I have two stickers. I didn't, did you know that I have two stickers? No, I didn't. One, one with my, uh, one with Adam, and then one uh, solo one. I don't know if ever, I ever showed them to you. I send them to you, yeah. But
0: God, dude, there's some actual, there's some actual really funny trivia. on IMDb for this movie. For this movie? Yeah, for Captain America: The First Avenger. Um. so there's a scene in the movie where Gabe Jones tells Dum Dum Duggan that he studied three semesters of German at Howard and then sw- switched to French because the girls were much prettier in the German language of the film he says he switched from mechanical engineering to a French major because the girls were ugly
1: oh my god it's pretty funny yep
0: yep Oh, uh this is this is actually really really crucial um in the movie. It's something I can't believe I like this con- I like this in the movie and I can't believe we didn't talk about it. And this will be the last thing before we cut it off. We're at 50 already. Um red skull is only used derogatorily twice towards Johann Schmidt in this movie. Really? Both times are by Hitler's representative sent to Hydra. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it's very, very cool that they use it as an insult, and he doesn't call himself that in the movie, and so it's a- his—he's actually in the credits as Johann Schmidt, not Red Skull, I believe too. That's crazy. and I think that is a very, very nice touch because, like, why would he call himself Red Skull? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's—it's it's a very, very interesting little tiny, but like, that's what I love about the MCU—is they think of that stuff. They yeah, do they, that they on they keep purpose. It in mind. They it's not like they're doing mind. it
1: on accident you know what i mean it's not like it's a playful thing like oh this is there oh that just happened to be there we didn't plan mm-hmm. that no like these small details they're they're doing on purpose yep <sighs> that's pretty cool very cool
0: yep um i like it oh this is actually interesting because we didn't watch this movie in our rewatch we skipped a movie we skipped a movie because it's not on disney plus we're doing the disney plus order uh in the Incredible Hulk, two thousand eight, that the Hulk in the Arctic actually is what uncovers or brings Captain America's body in the ship to the surface. Crazy. Yeah.
1: That is pretty cool.
0: It's actually a deleted scene. They deleted it from the movie because the movie got delayed. Oh on. Wow, yeah. Know that. Also Thor is a cameo in that movie too.
1: In Ang Lee's
0: Hulk? No, in uh, Louis Letera's Hulk 2008 with, um, uh, Edward Norton.
1: Really? What's his cameo?
0: Uh, you can actually, during the thunderstorm when Hulk and her are in the cave, um, you can actually see the hammer and his arm as a shadow after a strike of lightning.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Um... Because of course those are the next two movies. They were supposed to come out in oh nine and ten, and then they got delayed to, you know, ten and eleven and they were ended up at, at Disney Marvel at that point at Marvel Studios. Um
1: I did not know that. I really yeah. didn't. That is pretty cool. It's pretty tight.
0: Oh last note because it was on I knew this, even though it was on IMDb, Joe Johnson actually makes a reference to his own movie in the beginning of this movie. Does he? Yes, he does. Do you, know how, do you know how Joe Johnson started? How? Uh, he worked for uh, Industrial Light and Magic. Really? Yeah, he was a visual effect. He did visual effects and did models for the Star Wars movies and stuff and uh, worked his way up to the visual effects director of ILM on Raiders of the Lost Ark, which he makes reference to when Johann Schmidt, at the, when he gets to Tesseract, says, and the Fuhrer wastes his time digging for trinkets in the desert which is a direct reference to raiders of the lost ark which joe johnson worked on full circle
1: everything comes full circle if it seems like yes that's pretty cool yep
0: oh also what one last one last thing on this movie too even though i said this was the last thing you got the Johann schmidt joke right which one his name in english is literally john smith is
1: it yeah that's so funny
0: yeah, it's 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 the stock name they use in Germany for it's like John Doe in Germany. Oh wow. Yeah.
1: I, did not, I legit didn't know that. Yeah. That's hilarious, man. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. It's, details like that, man.
0: It it is. And that's what I think makes the MCU so much fun to rewatch because you notice stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and like you pick up on these things and it's like it's pretty cool. So I mean they do the small things that no one else is doing paying attention to it. Although it makes and, and it's great.
0: This makes that scene in Iron Man 2 heartbreaking though. Which when, one? When um he pulls his dad's mock up for a new Captain America shield out of the crate. And yeah. you realize that his dad literally until the day he died never stopped giving up on finding Captain America. Oh, that does kind. That of make is it heartbreaking.
1: Tug, tugged at the heartstrings. Yeah, man. you
0: get that after this movie. You get that after this movie too. Yeah. Any last comments?
1: Uh, if you haven't rewatched it, watch it because it's great.
0: Yeah, it's a really fun two-hour movie. Also, the first MCU movie that tops two hours.
1: Wow, and yeah. you'll get many more. But this <laughs> is a good one, man. Many, many more.
0: Many yep. more. Um, I think with that, we'll see you guys next week for The Avengers, finally. Actually, it's just Avengers, but... Sorry, Marvel's Avengers. Um, I thought it was Marvel's The Avengers. No, it's Marvel's Avengers. They got sued by the company that owned The Avengers, which is no relation... To this, right? Yeah, Yeah, this movie was actually so popular. That movie was so popular, they actually tried to revive that television series from the 60s. God that is yeah anyway uh that does it for us um we'll see you guys next week for what i'm sure is going to top an hour (laughs) easily oh yeah easily easily it's going to be over an hour i'm sorry in advance. um but if you guys watch watch avengers watch it with us stay up to date tell us what you think give us notes give us your favorite easter eggs and stuff and we'll talk about them next week uh and make sure you guys are staying safe out there uh, I'll please, see you next
1: week. Please, can't stress that enough. Yes,
0: please, please, please. All right.
1: You guys, see ya. Peace.